Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have Elva Trill. Elva is an actor based right here in Dublin who you're going to best know from striking out. She's in the new Tom Von Lawler film, Maze. Uh, she's in upcoming episodes of Rebellion. She's been in Jack Taylor. Uh, she's super busy and she's super great. You're going to really enjoy this episode. It's a really special one, actually. It kind of came out of the blue for the both of us. We hadn't seen each other in Yonks. We don't really know each other well at all, but we had a deadly chat. And um, she's a very sweet person and uh, really interesting. It, it was really great. She was kind of nervous at the start and there was absolutely no need for it because it was just a wonderful wonderful time uh, so Elder, if you're listening thank you so much for taking the time to do it guys other than that uh, come check out King Lear at the Mill Theatre that's where I am playing Edgar running around as a naked man on stage twice a day it's a wonderful time and then I am into Panto uh, the Tivoli Panto this year it's Sleeping Beauty uh, it's going to be great fun there's some really cool people involved in the show it's Alan Hughes uh, Mary Byrne and fan of the podcast Keila Whelan is aforementioned beauty uh, it's going to be really really great and you guys should go get tickets because um, that one sells out really really fast so guys other than that without further ado enjoy Elva Trill playing personality bingo with Tom Moran Elvatrill, you ready to play personality bingo with Tom Moran? Hello. Okay, let's do it. Um, yeah, I did just apologise for being really dirty because look at my fingernails. They're just so full of dirt from playing Edgar. But we should we should celebrate that. We should. We should really. But like, I can't get it out. Like, I showered in between the shows. Do they use real dirt or is that no, costume dirt? No, it's of makeup and fucking nice brown kind of lacquered oh it's mm. awful like twice a day anyway <clears throat> the things we do anyway let's just dive right into it so I'll okay. give you a quick explainer of how it all works okay. and I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock I have okay. 60 balls in here 60 questions on the sheet I've given you 5 numbers in mm-hmm. a minute I'm going to ask you to pick a 6th if uh, all of your numbers come out you get to tick them all off and if all 6 do come out that means you get to turn the tables on me and ask me any question in the whole wide world that you want okay. it's never happened before though. it's not going that. to happen the the multiples of that happening are just it's not going to ever happen yeah 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 you, would you consider yourself a lucky person? Um, I don't know I see I think I'm okay, I, okay. yeah okay. I, played, I, I won a game of Cat, Catan there the other night and I, I was told it's quite difficult to do Whoa. so okay I'm <clears throat> very happy with that yeah well I can guarantee you however difficult Cat Catan is it, Catan it's, it, it's nothing to, <laughs> what, what do you call it I didn't Catan even, Catan <laughs> yeah. I've never even heard of it it's sort of like it's, stupid, it's a, no but I, I thought it was mad at the beginning yeah. but, uh, um, the guys that I'm living with now, they literally have um, four boxes of different Catans. And it, what it means is is that you it's a board game and you have to dominate certain territories and certain regions. <gasps> and you can cut people off from their own land if you... You're such a you, nerd. If you, I know, I'm such a nerd. Okay. I didn't realise it. Right, well, the real <laughs> trick is, can you win personality bingo? Um, so okay. will you do me a favour and read out the five numbers that we've randomly generated for you here? Yeah, two. Okay. 51. Right. 34. Great. 47. Cool. And 15. And I've got dyscalculia, so I'm so impressed I did not say any of those backwards. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. That's interesting. Because, yeah, you were like, I was like, oh, you're really like concentrating on it. That's really interesting. Yes, yes. Oh, maybe we'll talk <clears throat> about it. Okay, because, would you do me a favour <clears throat> and pick um, a six number of your choosing? Up to what? Up to what number? Oh, sorry, 160. Oh, God, because I'm going to say 77. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, 49. Okay, exciting. Right, let's just fucking do it. Okay, here we go. Okay. All right, first ball out, and it is number 32. Do you have it? Uh, 
No. Okay, no worries. Number 32. The question is, tell us about someone who you greatly admire. Okay. That's a nice easy one to just ease in. Talk about someone else. It is and it isn't because it's so general and I don't, I mean, there's so many people. Who do I greatly <laughs> admire? And there's then do, I, billion, do yeah. I not talk about my mother or do I, just, do I piss her off? Who do I greatly admire? I greatly admire Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. I think having, I, I just love watching videos of his, you know, interviews and um, films of his. He just seems like such an, an emotionally intelligent actor. Mm. Um, but he also struggled with so much and he, he sort of, Everything was on the surface, but at the same time, it was so deeply buried as well. And yeah. I just find that type of personality wonderful. And <clears throat> well, wonderful to, to kind of not examine, but to wonder about and to sort of study yeah. the psychology of him, you know. And, and, and then when you look at his movies and you kind of see that he's so different in every single one, mm. but still so likable and, and, and just off the wall. I admire him. Yeah, he's one of them people you would really like to meet. And I don't know, is it that like, the? because I'd agree, I'd have a lot of respect mm. for him. And I don't know, is it that? It's certainly partly that. But there's also, and maybe it is because of how transformative he was, but there's a real mystery to him. Gotcha. Yeah. But he, he, you know, he struggled with heroin addiction. Yeah. And like heroin. Heroin. Like, you know, when you say heroin to me, like it just conjures up images immediately of, of you know, drug addicts on O'Connell yeah. Street who are just mm. in the worst shape. And then yeah. here's Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's like the best in mm -hmm. the world at one of the most sought after professions in the world. Yeah. And he's on a, it. It's kind of hard to juxtapose them to. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's what it is, too. You know, he 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 fought it. He kicked it <clears throat> for years. He didn't have he, he obviously you're always an addict, but he never he didn't give into it for so long. And then he just relapsed. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's obviously it. But, you know, it always comes down to another thing, doesn't it, really? It's never just drugs for the sake of drugs. I don't I don't believe that that's the case. I think yeah. I think you can make the decision and you choose to try it. Yeah. But I think the attractiveness of a drug like that must be to numb yourself. Mm. Yeah, like, well, so in your experience and in your experience of just like working with um, so many brilliant people like you would have mm. done in, in various projects, Okay, we look at someone like Philip Seymour Hoffman who say is like possibly like one of the greatest actors of yeah. all time. I don't think that's an exaggeration. No. And like there's a real darkness in him. You could list millions more. I mean like Robin Williams is another yeah. obvious example. Someone who's really struggled like Heath Ledger. I'm just like, there's, yeah. there's so many. Do you, how important do you think that is? Like is that an important thing? Is it a coincidence that, ha that happens or somewhere in between? How do you feel about that kind of darkness versus like ability, I guess? Yeah, I don't. Well, it depends. It really depends on the person. I know that when you hear um, to go in another tiny direction, when you hear Lady Gaga talk about writing her music, she says that she created that that um, that that persona in order to channel her pain, mm. and so she that that this persona of hers is is stronger, is able to to do things that herself as Stephanie can't do mm. and that's totally fueled by pain and the fact that she had depression and she thought that this person this this thing that she created was going to help her through life and then you have the other thing of like I was watching Killian Murphy do an interview not so long ago and and it sort of made me giggle because he's so Irish in the sense that <laughs> somebody asked him um, a question of sort of you know do you take on a lot of that burden of certain characters that are hard to play or going through the motions of like you know kind of <clears throat> bad childhoods or whatever whatever the range is mm. and he said no he goes I, I had a great childhood I grew up in in Cork and I my parents were teachers and I didn't come you know he said he was kind of jealous of kids growing up that had like these 
traumatizing experiences like divorce and whatever else because mm. he he, he kind of thought going into acting maybe he could have drawn from that but he didn't need it so I don't think you need to have um those struggles or that inner inner turmoil mm-hmm. to be a good artist mm. um but but I'm sure I'm sure along the way we we just sort of use it to channel I don't know yeah it's a tough one it's a really tough one there's a question that I wanted to include in the list here and I, I've never really known how to phrase it but it's kind of come up organically so I may as well ask it hmm. it was like I guess the question because something that I asked myself and it's probably important for like an artist to ask themselves is like what place do I create from hmm. like why do I do it like what is the the hole that like I guess I'm trying to fill like or is there a hole in front I don't know what it is like yeah. do, do you do you think about that do you all the time <laughs> and what have you what have you thought about it <laughs> um I think obviously again depending on the person I mean I have a lot of friends who are actresses and, and actors and I I love the topic of childhood I love that topic and and I have a real interest in watching um sort of uh, almost dare I say serial killers mm. and the ones that interest me the most are the likes of Ted Bundy who says that he had a very normal childhood <clears throat> and it's similar with actors I love to know that they've had really normal childhoods and that there was nothing that went on because there are so many mm. that draw on something whether it even to, to, the, to, to someone now to, to tell me it might sound you know normal or okay you know you you befriended the family chicken and then the your dad cooked him for dinner you know that could have been ridiculously traumatizing to the child sure. and they might draw on that and there might have been a divide then that sort of made them feel like their dad at any minute could sort of turn or you know what I mean that psychology of it all is very very interesting but um the void thing I we probably all have a void somewhere mm. and we all have in, well we all have insecurities mm-hmm. and often that comes out as ego it looks like ego it looks like narcissism sometimes but a lot of the time it's not it's just trying to protect yourself yeah so trying to fill a void with acting I think you're on a dangerous path if that's oh, what you're trying to do. But yeah. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it, it all meshes in together, of course. Yeah. I mean, it can be therapeutic if you're if you're playing something that or somebody that um that's working through certain issues and, and some you know, it kinda helps you with your personal life. I'm sure it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like I mean I and I don't I don't really know the answer to this question, but like I wonder if you were like this probably person who doesn't exist this perfect person who like had everything that they needed like within themselves they mm. they, 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 they loved themselves they, they looked after themselves they were like they had an awareness of themselves like would you like feel the need to like get in front of a stage in front of like hundreds of people on nightly basis would you like have the need to have like a camera pointed at you and ask you to be like as vulnerable as you can be would you be all these things if there wasn't a thing pushing you because I suppose inherently all those things are on some level uncomfortable mm. like there's a struggle to it that other people don't put themselves through I think I don't know I wonder why <clears throat> I don't know I mean it is the it's that thing of it's a lot of people think that actors have to be sort of um, constantly dying for attention mm. and a lot of the a lot of them that I've seen and, and know from when they're not performing is that they're actually very unassuming and most likely just not in the centre of the room and not looking for for that attention. Mm. So maybe it is something that they crave on, on some level and then it's satisfied with the work. Mm-hmm. 
possibly. Mm. Um, in terms of being uncomfortable and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, yeah, there's a lot of nerves involved. There's a lot of immediacy. There's a lot of on the spot. Oh my god, I've got to my next line. What is it? And mm. and or auditions, I think, are probably the most scary experience that we go through. I, I personally, I yeah. I absolutely hate them. Mm. Um, but there's something very satisfying about them afterwards. So it is a love hate thing. Mm. Um, so if somebody somebody was to say to me tomorrow, you know, we're, we'll you can you can act for the rest of your life, but we'll take away the audition process. I struggle with that. I don't know if I'd be just. I think there's sort of a sadomasochistic love for them mm-hmm. because you're pushing yourself. I guess maybe it's like when you jump out of a plane or something. People mm. pay to do that, which is bizarre. People look at me or anyone in this industry and say, how do you do stage work? How yeah. do you get up and, you know, either with the band or, or in a play and, and do that? But they would have done a bungee jump like two months prior and actually paid somebody to push them off a crane. I know. And I, I'm thinking you're you're looking at me like I'm nuts. Yeah. You're absolutely nuts. But they're not, of course. It's the same thing. We're all striving for that sort of, I don't know, that sort of like in the moment intense nerve-wracking I'm alive feeling yeah like it's I listened to this really interesting um, it was a podcast the other day and they were talking about you know the way some people's fear of public speaking mm. is just on this other level it's it's so intense and they said the reason <laughs> that that was is because like um, <laughs> I'm a friend who always gets m- mad at me when I say this but like from an evolutionary standpoint like mm-hmm. the only time you would have been asked to like stand in front of like a big group of people and speak by yourself was if you'd done something like seriously wrong and you were basically your tribe were like putting you to court so basically it's like I don't mm. know are we going to expel this person into more. the woods we're going to kill this person so like there's a real fear attached yeah. that we're not like normally we're meant to c- communicate in groups of like one two three four yeah. not in front of like you know, no. 70 <laughs> people and obviously groups are so much smaller so it's so but alien but similarly I say on, the, on that point it's like when somebody go, brings you up to the top of a really high place is your instinct not to to, to not to hang on for dear life I just I, 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 I can't understand how and I'm impressed I mean it really impresses me how someone can just switch off that internal survival mode that says for the love of God don't jump and then they do anyway mm-hmm. that's impressive how do you turn off that little voice? Because I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, it, it gives me energy to think about it because I can't understand how they do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like. <laughs> I don't think it's for me. No, it's not for me well, either. Then, right. We'll get a trail from having another spin of this okay. thing. Okay. Okay, here we go. Number 27. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number 27. What is your relationship, if any, to the gym? Um, I don't really have a relationship with the gym. Right. Sounds funny. It's almost like he's the Don, like we know this man called Jim. Yeah. Um, I don't have one. I tried one for about six. Some somebody gave me a present of six months uh, of of membership, and I think I must have gone in maybe maybe nine times. Mm. Just didn't enjoy it. I just, I just can't enjoy it. I think it, there's a million things that I don't like about it. I, I find all the mirrors really weird because mm. you're constantly making eye contact with yourself you and 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 I never know what I'm doing so I'm just like it's just it's just verification when I see myself lift something I'm like I'm not doing this right I know it's that's like, such a good point I'm judging myself through my own reflection um I guess the lot the all I, I mean I think a lot of men maybe now I don't want to speak out of place mm. but I think 
from from the conversations I've had with guys who do the gym a lot, they get really inspired by other men in the gym. Mm. I don't feel like that at all. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm. I don't want to be watched while I sweat. Yeah, that's a fair like that in and of itself is <laughs> so fair. It. Yeah, it, it it yeah it's a really weird thing like, and my gym, um is like it's really weird like the guys are just. They're just mental. Like, there's mm. just so much testosterone in that gym. Yeah. As in, like, uh, yeah, and, like, fair enough, like, I'm an actor. I probably don't hang around with, like, I have friends from home who, like, still play football and stuff. I, but this gym is just on another level of, like, testosterone. Like, yeah. these men just need to masturbate or something. <laughs> like, see, you there's something going on. Well. And they're, on, they're definitely on steroids. Well, it's brilliant if you can, if you can, if you can get that. It is a dopamine thing, too. Like, I mean. Yeah. I'm sure that's connected. I'm sure it's all connected when you're when you're watching yourself and you're 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 in there and all those those things are are all your what what do you call them? Semen. <laughs> I was gonna say your semen are firing. <laughs> your neurons are firing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dopamine is flowing, and then I suppose when you're actually seeing the visible uh, effects of the exercise on your body, and mm. your body looks the way you want it to look, I'm sure it gets easier. I'm sure if I stuck at it, and I saw abs. And I saw that squats were doing anything for me other than making me feel like I can't sit down for four days. Yeah. Then I probably would keep at it. But mm, I'd rather horse ride for for a bum. Yeah, does that help? Yeah. I mean, you're essentially doing squats. You're essentially just like you, you, all of your when you're doing a, um, a rising trot. Yeah. And then you're actually with the animal, and and you're you're out in a field somewhere, or you're you're doing jumps or something. Gas. So you're not actually feeling the exercise yeah and same with aqua aerobics you can do as much exercise as you want but you don't sweat because you're in the water I mean you water. do but you don't feel like you're gross mm. that's a good point I've never I don't know how to ride a horse yeah any kind of cheat at all I'm there yeah yeah there's a lot to be said for just a good little cheat like I was thinking this about like food like I'm like I'm I'm I'm, I'm either like the least healthy healthy eater or the most unhealthy healthy eater do you know yeah. what I mean like I was trying to like find that line of like eat real healthy but like mm. With like ridiculous amounts of like sweet chili sauce or something, do you know what I oh mean? Oh God, I am the sauce queen. Really? Oh, even my motto is even sauce needs sauce. And you're not wrong. I once had a sauce so, sauce sandwich. I, I just salivated. I once had a sauce sandwich, um, and I have lost friends over it. Yeah, man. I when I was a kid, I used to just pour like shit tons. Of, I was a, I was a really fat kid. I should preface <laughs> this. I used to just pour shit tons of ketchup onto a plate and then have a big plate of cream crackers and just dip them in. <gasps> That's a you gotta do it, oh, man. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those friends who you lost over sauce were were friends that they um, weren't real friends. They they needed to be lost. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Here we go. Uh, number thirty three. Do you have it? I have thirty four. Uh, well, that's not correct. <laughs> 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 All right. Number thirty three. Do you have any unusual fascinations? Well, other than my serial killers, I have loads. Yeah, that was interesting to me. Well, my mom studied psychology, so that's where that comes from. Mm. Um. <clears throat> what weird fascinations? Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I mean, if you said serial killers, we that would be like a completely correct answer. If you have any others, but serial killers is really interesting. Anyway. Okay, let's go with that one then. Because uh, what is I'm I complete like were you kind of kid who was into like ghost stories and shit like that? Like, was it mysterious things or is it something specifically about the psychology that gets you? I had a honestly. My answer to this is honestly. When I was young, I looked up Ted Bundy on YouTube and I had a panic attack, like out and out, couldn't breathe just complete panic attack and I was trying I never told anyone because I was watching something I shouldn't have been watching mm. it was his last interview before his death sentence 
<laughs> that's when the damage was done. But um, it's um, it's the normality of him. He's he is having an interview like this mm. in prison, and the interviewer went way too easy on him. Now that I look back on it, mm. but um. Something about his eyes. I don't know. It was just, it was the way he spoke. And when the interviewer was trying to get to the bottom of, you know, was it pornography? Was it, was it this? Was it that? Was it, was it anything that you can kind of divulge into why you think you did this? And he eventually went into detail about how he crisscrossed the idea. It, it was porn, porn basically is what it was. And it sort of, he, the more he, um, looked into it the more he realised that his appetite was more getting kind of insatiable and <clears throat> things started to become progressively more violent and therefore you know his normal interactions with women were now laced with violence so um, that I suppose and the fact that I find it really difficult to understand how people cannot emote or have empathy for for small creatures, for animals, for for people, I I feel everything very deeply, mm. and I where everything is just just barely covered. Like my my first dermal layer of skin, it's just all of my emotions are there. They're not very deep enough for me mm-hmm. at times, and so when I hear somebody do so, that, somebody that's done something so atrocious, it's like putting an alien in front of me, and I just don't know how it's how that has how that's happened and how you felt nothing you know Mm -hmm. so I guess it's that emotional side of it too I just they're aliens to me I just don't know yeah yeah and I mean that's so interesting about yeah like it 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 is a kind of thing of like where like where does one draw the line on their own empathy you know what I mean like like can because I guess like that is the real quite like because I guess that's not to get like religious about it but mm. I guess that's one of the things that's like taught in like the Bible and stuff it's mm. like that like God's like only son was taken mm. and then like that but that like it was okay sorry I, I don't know I don't <laughs> know what I'm trying to say I'm trying to say well, the the point of like where is your like where do you draw the line with empathy I heard um you know Tim mentioned the comedian yeah he's just American comedian for people don't know he's really really smart like incredibly smart dude but he was talking about empathy for pedophiles mm. and he was basically saying how the, the majority of, of paedophiles if they're genuinely paedophiles like they don't choose to be paedophiles yeah. there's, it's probably miswiring I've had this conversation with people before and it is such a such a difficult conversation to have because see I I don't this is the thing I I feel sorry for anybody that's wired mm. in a way that they just don't fit into society that we have today yeah and <clears throat> sorry I keep coughing <laughs> um, yeah I, I I can't help but feel sorry for people that haven't got a choice mm. and, like, and there, there is a choice there's the choice to act but and that's where where we're allowed to, to I feel if they pose a threat 100% they have to be put away I because mean, you know you can't like you, you, you can't, can't ruin a child's life no and, and that's what I mean that's where the line is I mean yeah. you, you might you can have empathy for somebody that's that's been born with may, maybe the mother had a bad childbirth maybe the, the child was deprived of oxygen you don't know and mm. then they came out and there was something just off kilter but your empathy has to be drawn with you know if that person acts on that uh, on that what am I trying to say 
um, they're, if they if they go out of their way to act on on certain impulses that they have, mm-hmm. your empathy has to be with the child. Your empathy has to be with the small dog or or the 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 infirm people people who are you know can't you know you all the the people with the smaller voices. Yeah, you have to look after them. And this is the thing when you hear about people who hurt other people, I just don't understand how people are capable of that. Yeah, I I, I heard this like crazy story about it I think it was in the States and this man he was in his 40s uh, married with kids mm. completely normal life and one day never happened before mm-hmm. one day walking past the playground and he was God. like he caught himself and he was yeah. just like fuck yeah. I am attracted <gasps> to children okay. did this has never happened, and, and he he catches. Can you and imagine the fear that was in that man oh, at that stage? Never happened before. <clears throat> he, so he freaks, and he goes to his doctor, and he's like, "I know this sounds crazy. Please don't go to the police. Nothing happened. Mm. I just walked by a playground, and like I was attracted to kids. This has never happened to me before." Are you going to tell me you had a brain tumor now or something? I'm going to tell you that exactly. Yeah, and see, he, that he went can happen. In and and the doctor said, "Right, well, this is where he said ask some questions. Like, right, we'll do some scans. Mm-hmm. They found a tumor, mm-hmm. a, a small tumor that had started to grow in his brain." Yeah. They took it out instantly. The feelings were completely normal. gone. Crazy. Comple- li- lives his life completely normal. Nothing happened. His life was saved. He was healthy. Everything fine. Ten years later, he's walking past the playground and he feels attracted to kids. Mm-hmm. He knows. He goes back to the doctor and again? the tumour had, had started to grow oh. again and they, they caught it, you know? But like, so, so like, let's just... You actually gave me chills there because it's so scary. I mean, just the thought that that can happen. Yeah. And look, then then, then there's monsters, probably. There, there's people who something happened in their life that, mm. that just made them do terrible things to people who didn't deserve anything to be done to. Yeah. I'm sure. I don't know. It's just like, but that question of empathy and it's also really interesting about, you know, you said that you've got that, that layer of skin and then underneath it is, is you know, like all these these feelings and mm. like emo- like w- would I guess like anything in life I'm sure there's pros and cons to mm-hmm. that if you do you sometimes wish you had a, a thicker skin yes really absolutely okay absolutely in what what, what scenarios kind of make make that wish come to the front oh just I'm v- visually when you see things and you know you could it could literally just be one of those days where you walk down the street and you see uh, a person on the street a homeless person just stroke like rubbing their dog mm. and you're just just I mean there some days are worse than others where you just you just feel like there's no protection I, I, I'm emotionally just on the verge and you see something and it's and it's now in other days you know there's I, I feel like I'm very I I think when any sort of maternal instinct in me comes out, it's a totally different ballgame. Mm. Um, or protective. You know, if I if I see somebody, um, I don't know, like some guy cut in on my mum not so long ago. He, he cut in. She was waiting for a parking space and he just cut right in front of her. Before I knew it, I was out of the car and I was like knocking on his window. I'm like, did you not see that my mother was waiting for uh, whatever and he was really? like yeah but he knew he saw but but when I went to the window he said oh I'm really sorry and so there's such an there's a I don't know I have there's definitely a, a ferocity in me somewhere but it's it's buried <laughs> it's buried deep down yeah and, and do you think that like have you found or even with hindsight that people have taken advantage of the fact that you're very emotional <clears throat> I don't think so okay well, that's great I don't think so yeah no <laughs> I don't no, think that's great. I, I'm trying to think but I, I really don't I think people are try- more so trying to stop me from just taking everything personally I think it's the opposite they're okay. just sort of like trying like it's alright okay let's just deal with this situation yeah I know I know. you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 100% yeah. it is a funny one right will we go again yes go again okay here we go number 29 do you have it no okay number 29 
we can confirm so far you are not lucky <laughs> um, this is not Cat Catan or whatever the stupid <laughs> game was uh, number 29 how do you feel about your hometown where are you from I'm from Sligo yeah cool how do you feel about it I'm from Ballymote in Sligo and I feel good about it I had a good good upbringing there yeah yeah um, is it is it like coastal Sligo or is it kind of no we're about 25 minutes from Strand Hill oh man amazing which is cool it's gorgeous yeah. yeah had a seaweed bath there oh voya yeah so good yeah it was great yeah they're absolutely delicious yeah uh, so good for your skin and hair man yeah um, I've never done it before I would do it again yeah I yeah I was and it wasn't my idea but I was like alright I'll, I'll go and we cycled from like Sligo Town we cycled from like Ben Bulban to Strand Hill which Lovely. was really long yeah, yeah. it's like a big cycle and yeah. then uh, had a seaweed bat which was so nice and relaxing then I had to get back on a bike and, mm-hmm. and so, uh, which was kind of hard but uh, yeah, you probably got a flu after that did you yeah I think so <laughs> wet hair and everything but it was worth it um, <laughs> so yeah yes, like Sligo and I mean um, you know Calvary yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. It's just like it was a really nice showcase for how beautiful mm-hmm. it is. It's a gorgeous place. I have a funny story. It's not that funny. It's short and sweet, but it's um it's one of those stories of uh, and I don't mind saying this because it just happened. Mm. Um I am the biggest fan of now I can't fucking remember his name after all that's such a build up. Chris O'Dowd? No. Oh feck. Literally put all my energy into the An actor in it, is it? What's your man's name? The the Dublin comedian. With the Mc- floppy black hair that was in it, no, Dylan Moran. Sorry. Dylan Moran. I should sorry. fucking know it's your yeah. second name. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I love Dylan Moran too. He's so brilliant. Yeah. I just he's a brilliant actor. I just remember meeting him really oddly on the street. He was in a world of his own. Yeah. In and town, it's just Dublin. one of those situations. It, no, in Sligo because they were filming. Oh, sorry, pardon me. And um, he's just he just didn't know what to make of. I was like, hi. Love your work or whatever. And I never, ever do that. But yeah. I thought, if I'm not going to do it in my own hometown, I literally was so shocked that I saw him. And um, he was like, thanks. There was the most awkward interaction of uh, all time. I was like, why did I do that? And yeah. I'll ne- I've never done it since. I've never done it since. Someday down the line, you're, you're going to work with him. And like oh. on the last day, you can, like, you'll, you've got kind of close. You'll have had the chats. You'll feel like come from saying, like, <sighs> hey, John. Yeah. Do you remember that day do in Sligo? Do you remember Sligo? that weird woman that came up to you? <laughs> But I was like a little child. I was like, I was just bouncing on my heels. I was like, I can't believe it's in a morning. And then, and I never, ever do that. Yeah. Just compelled. I was just so compelled. And he was so taken aback by it. And I think he's just completely in a world of his own. Could have had earphones in, not even sure. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, it was just a uh, drive-by, drive-by shooting. It felt wow. like it was just over before it started and it was ridiculous. Do, do, has that happened? Has, does that happen to you? Do people recognize you from things? Absolutely not. No. No. We're not there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're yeah, yeah. not there yet. One hundred percent. I, I am. Um, this genuinely wasn't the reason I brought that up was uh, because I was in London at the weekend mm. and I went to see um, Cat and a Hot Tin Roof, which oh. had Sienna Miller and Jack O'Connell in it, okay, and Colin Meaney and Bryn Gleeson and those other brilliant actors. But they were the two stars that were kind of being used to push it. Mm. Um, and you know, we were getting our tickets and we seen there was a big crowd around the stage door and you know people were queuing to wait for Jack O'Connell and Sienna Miller to come in. Yeah. And at the end, they're waiting for them to come out. And um, everyone was waiting. And at that moment, Andrew Scott walks around the corner, completely okay. unrelated. I think he was, I don't know what he was doing, but he, he, he was like in like sweatpants and like Nikes. Mm. Just, he wasn't going to do a show as far <laughs> as I know. I don't know what he was doing. But anyway, and then this crowd, and it was really interesting because most of the people waiting at the stage door weren't going to see the play. Okay. They were just there because they knew Jack O'Connell and Sienna Miller were there. It's crazy really, isn't it? That celebrity culture. Crazy. Yeah. And it was crazy because I don't think it's crazy if you're going to see a play and you're a massive fan and you want an autograph. And I don't think that's crazy. Back, kind I, of. I, I understand that yeah. um, on some level, but but then the minute they saw Andrew Scott, like everyone just flooded over, <laughs> and they hadn't. Ah, uh, it was. I don't know. 
there was something really uncomfortable about it because he <laughs> did not want to be there. It, yeah, but it is uncomfortable because 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 at some point you just have to realize that these people love the characters you play. You're, they don't love you. Yeah, they, they don't. They're responding to work you've done. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence says it the best. She's sort of like you know, somebody asked her, um, "How do you feel about the fans or whatever else?" She, you know, she just said, "But they love Katniss from." the movies and they love this person this character and this character but like they, they don't know me mm. so it is weird when you've got a stampede coming towards you and they're kind of asking for a selfie or an autograph it's weird mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's nothing normal about that no there's not <laughs> do you think about it like that it's like it's it's a distinct possibility for, for you know if, if if we given the job that, that we do and if you do it to a good enough not a good enough level but to a, a certain level yeah. you know that, if that, you're in something successful enough to kind of create a buzz, I suppose, yeah. Right. Um, I'd, look, I'd be lying to say I didn't. Obviously, everyone doing this has kind of thought at one point, how how would my personality uh, function under that amount of <clears throat> scrutiny, mm-hmm. um, acclaim? You know, you know, is is it something that's going to? Where is my ego? Like, what's going to happen? And I, Eckhart Tolle says in um, A New Earth, he says. Awareness is the greatest agent for change. Ego and awareness cannot coexist. So just being, just the very state of being aware of who you are, what you're looking for. Are you, like what you said, are you trying to fill a void? Mm. Doing certain certain parts, certain work. I mean, is is are you in it for the work? Are you in it for the fame? You know, they're questions to ask yourself beforehand. It's too late then when you're, it can't be easy. It cannot be easy. As much as people say, you know, that they you need a certain following to, to even do that as a career. When it turns into sort of stampedes of people and craziness and being, you know, sent letters saying, you know, you're my soulmate. Mm. That's a mad culture. Yeah. That can't be right. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know, I know, I I do. I have like real talking about empathy. I have real empathy for. I mean, how, like, how does someone like? It's such a basic bitch example, but how does someone <laughs> like? How does someone like Justin Bieber do anything without being a dickhead well, about don't it? Don't tell me that he hasn't been affected. Like when 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 you have people surrounding you, telling you that you are the fucking coolest person on the planet, mm-hmm. day in day out, and everything you say and do touches to gold, turns to gold. Just, um, it definitely has an effect. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I, I, like sometimes this is a kind of embarrassing thing to admit, but like sometimes on a tiny, on a like microscopic level in Dublin, if I like, <coughs> I, you know, like I, I, I've been having a good period myself mm. with like work and been really busy, and it yeah. feels great because yeah. I, I love acting. Of course, I fucking if love it. If it's in your blood, it's in your blood. Oh man, and I'm, and I know, and it's only when I do it I realize like how <laughs> much it affects Alive. me if I haven't done it for like a couple yeah. of months because yeah. I just I don't have a job. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I can even I can catch the switch in myself and in in the way I act. Like so, I can't imagine what it's like for for that dude or anyone of that like mm. level. I, I can't. I genuinely. And I say that in the true sense where I cannot imagine what it's like to have like that acclaim, that buzz, that like roar, that the fans, the mm. all of it, the social media, like yeah. the scrutiny. It's but if you notice though, like there's an awful lot of people that are as famous as Justin Bieber that we know nothing about. So you have to ask yourself too, yeah. to what degree are they actually looking for that? Mm-hmm. I mean... Or do they have people pushing saying that the, <clears throat> like it's not enough for you to... to, to 
play your songs people need to like they need to know about who yeah. the songs are yeah. about you yeah, know and they need to have signings and you need to do interviews and you need to constantly but there's people that don't do interviews yeah there's people that don't do signings mm-hmm. there's people that don't do <laughs> sorry to me there's people that 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 don't go out and um they they not that they don't go out but they do go out but they're just they don't go to places that that they're going to be seen yeah yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, and that's probably in in a in a sense what was like uncomfortable about the situation seeing Andrew Scott just be like literally follower, and he was very. I I, I wouldn't even say he was. Uh, you know, we don't even need to talk what he was like, but he he signed the the autograph and w- w- went to walk on, mm. and then the next person came, and and the more people that seen him, then the bigger the queue got, and he, you know he didn't want to be there, and it was just it was just weird. It was just weird. It's just it, it must get to a point where you just feel like it's it's a meaningless point of your existence mm-hmm. that, you know if that's what you're if that's all that's wanted you know yeah. it's it's a you have more to offer you yeah. must have more to offer than than to just stand and write your name on a piece of paper for somebody mm-hmm. I know wouldn't it be nicer to have a connection wouldn't it, well, wouldn't it be nicer if you tried to have a connection like me and and more and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. except don't do that either <laughs> well it was it's funny you say it, and I, 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 I'm, this is this isn't even meant to be like a little humble brag but uh, when we were there just but like as as it happened, um, Bryn Gleeson was coming out, and mm. no one really knew who Bryn Gleeson was. Yet he was in the play, so yeah. he was on the program or whatever. Uh, his name was in the poster, so you know, inevitably people um, kind of because he was coming out, they were getting anyone who was coming. Well, they're going to know him after him. Mother if they if they don't already. That yeah. movie's huge. It's harrowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But and anyway, and yeah, he was in Logan Lucky. He's doing great. Like he's mm. he's he's brilliant. So sorry, I shouldn't say they didn't know him. They certainly weren't there for his autograph. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so he's coming out and like like that. Everyone's calling him Brian, which of course. I don't know. Probably is on some level a little bit annoying. Of course it is. And he was perfectly polite and, and signed everyone's thing. And and we just kind of happened to be there. And he was walking by and um he was signing some thing. I just said, Evan, thanks so much for the performance. Really enjoyed mm. it. And like he totally just broke away and he was like. Oh, yeah, because it's human interaction. Just said thank you, and that was it. You know, didn't that's ask the, for anything. That's just, the difference. Because he was incredible in the play, by yeah. the way. He was fucking amazing. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try and catch it. It's cl- cl- we saw the last one. It closed oh, this weekend. You? you just missed it. Okay. You just missed it, but um, I'll, I'll catch another one. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking amazing on stage in Colomini. It was so cool when you're in London. All and I'm not. And lots we were, of Irish actors up we, there. We were trying to work out are we being racist, but we weren't. All the Irish actors. Kieran Hines mm. was in another one. We saw Brona Gallagher. He is Jim Norton. Such a stunning performer. Oh my god! I saw him in our few and evil days. Oh man! And you know they all blew me away. Yeah, I know. That was Tom von Lauder. Uh, Ian Lloyd Anderson. No, Charlie oh, Murphy. Yeah. Charlie Murphy, Tom Vanuller, uh, and 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 Sinead Cusack. Sinead Cusack, who was fucking oh mind blowing. Oh my god, Sinead Cusack blew my mind out of my head. Yeah, she yeah. just she represented every woman I'd ever met from the west of Ireland yeah. when I was growing up. Yeah, but at the same time, it was just rays and rays of, of light in just in every way. Like she was just she. And what a script. She was really humble, but she was really enticing she was really entertaining and she she hit everyone in the audience I'd say but mm-hmm. at the same time she she looked really small yeah I don't like that's pure talent oh, and, uh, as a piece of writing it was amazing yeah. you know that moment where Sinead um, Cusack and, and uh, Kieran Hines were like mm. having that argument and yeah. he has this outburst I, I can't even <gasps> remember the, the actual text that provoked it but yeah. just the goosebumps it gives you it's chills one of the moments in the theatre I'll never forget 100% the I cried twice during that play yeah it's it absolutely unbelievable fucking gorgeous it was just incredible <laughs> um, right will we uh, how are we, we doing for time let's give it a go we're doing pretty good we've got yeah. like yeah we've got like about 24 minutes Ish. <laughs> Fabulous, let's do it. Right, let's this give it a go. This is fun. This is much more fun than yeah, I, I know. Not that I didn't think it was going to be fun, but I thought it was going to this be nerve wracking. This is a really uh, good one as well. I, so I was 
Do, no, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and look, we, we hadn't chatted because you're on the spot. Like I we've know. talked from everything from paedophiles to Kieran Hines to 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 what? Kieran Hines fame. is not a paedophile. No, <laughs> but you know anything can come up. I, I suppose. know. You need to be kind of ready, don't you? You got to be ready. I'm not ready at all. On your toes. Well, are you ready for number eight? Yes, my lucky number. Do you have it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are ready for it though. Uh, number eight. The question is: Do you have any irrational fears? Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Don't judge me for this because okay. everyone does. Oh man, that's just even so gross to talk about it. There, I call it claustrophobia, but it has a different name, mm. a scientific name. It starts with a T, I think. Essentially, I cannot look at bunches of of like circles that are to get like a hun- think of honeycomb mm. and think of fish eggs. Or even a bunch of grapes yeah. or like um, the little dots in strawberries. Okay. Th- that little cluster of stuff yeah. makes me want to tear the skin off my face. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so with this like bingo machine with the balls in it, that's... No, see, and that's the funny thing because they're not stuck and they're not... Did you ever see... There was something going around online years ago. Right. And it was... There's a certain plant they had sort of morphed it into a person's back. And it's kind of like, I want to draw it for you, but it's mm. like, there's like tons of holes like this. And then inside there's like little beads and it's a plant. We've okay. se- I've seen it in Dublin. It, I can't look at it. It looks like you're drawing little breasts for it's the listener. Just, oh, absolutely gross. Oh, and then boobs. basically what they did is they, they photoshopped it into some guy's back. Okay. And they sort of, you know, made it all flesh colored and it wasn't green and it was like just whatever. But it was essentially holes in a guy's back. Mm. And they were, the whole thing was warning, do not use X product because this is what happened to this guy and it was totally fabricated yeah I was shopping for wallpaper at the time and I nearly collapsed really I'm not even kidding whoa so like it's intense tears tears and, and just the sensation of it's the totally irrational sensation yeah that that's a good irrational one because like I, I think my irrational fear is like you know I really don't like rats no well, that's not irrational that's they carry I mean. disease they can bite you attack you they can give you wheels disease if you touch their pee. Yeah. See, I'm kind of a hypochondriac, so yeah. I know all this stuff. Okay, no, that's good because you're like that. You're one of the of the that material is like or that image is that is super irrational. One hundred percent. It yeah. can't do anything to me. It can't kill me. But I feel like it wants to attack me. Might be able to kill you. Well, if it's a if it's an actual if that was true that guy's yeah, back. That probably, <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, that's a good one. That is a proper irrational fear. Congratulations. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from. Okay. It'd be so, I'd be just, I, I'll get therapy in years and they'll be like, oh, you discovered a dead body when yeah. you were six. That's that's the reason. No, nothing like that ever happened. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. Sligo really messed you up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, number two. Do you have it? I do have two. Do you? Yes. Yeah. Well done you. Oh my God. All right. Gosh. Cross that one out. Yeah. Okay. Number two question is, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I consider, well, I don't know. Mm. Are you a bit in between? I really like my own company. Yeah. I was uh, I grew up on my own with you, my parents, no other siblings. Yeah. yeah. Um I love I just I'm really comfortable when I'm on my own. Right. And I but at the same time I don't do like I'll like if I've got something on my mind I'll kind of talk to myself about it. Do you know like I, I don't just I don't just not speak. I'll I'll sort of talk to the dogs or so I'm social and I and I and I go out and I do social activities and but it's never my first choice. Mm. I just told yeah. you I talked to myself. That's not good. But that's that's okay, right? No, I I talk to myself a lot. Like I, how normal is talking to yourself? Do you think? 
as long as you're not responding, asking and responding to your own questions, mm-hmm. I think maybe unless you're prefer- like you're pretending to do an interview. Well, I, that's so funny you say because that. because I do that. Yeah, one hundred percent. So when you're doing an interview, <coughs> who is interviewing you? Ne- there's never one specific person. Ah, okay. Because I believe that I believe in energies. Okay. <laughs> no, I believe that. Oh my god, you're so oh my spiritual. God. Um, I believe. I just believe that if you if you can conjure up sort of like. Um, thoughts of appreciation or thoughts of excitement mm. then that's cool so I suppose if, if the feeling comes over me when I'm on my own to sort of ask myself questions as an interviewer I'd never I'd never go too specific because then I'd feel like oh that's never going to happen so I'd rather just be excited about it being a general thing mm-hmm. than sort of under pressure being like Conan's never going to have me on yeah yeah, yeah. Do you know being too specific kind of takes me out of it because I'm like what are the chances of that right you're no longer in the realm of, of imagination you're sort of trying to base it in reality well I mean I've had you on personality bingo so to be honest anything's possible it's so true it's so <laughs> um, true I, we did last week we did a, a live episode of personality bingo um, with Jared Regan who does an Irishman abroad podcast I don't mm-hmm. know if you know it really yeah. good podcast if you're into that kind of thing I love podcasts yeah his is really great and it can, some brilliant brilliant episodes loads of brilliant actors anyway it's just a deadly one um, but I kind of admit I, I kind of said it to him after because um, he did an episode of my podcast so mm. I interviewed him okay. and then he interviewed Roddy Doyle Swapcast afterwards exactly it was deadly and I kind of said that to him I was like uh, when I I was like do you do that thing where you interview yourself um, you know and, and he was like yeah all the time and I was like yeah well when I do that I'm talking to you oh, like, wow. and sometimes I'll start sentences with like well Jared even before you had him on yeah Wow. Oh, he's like a hero. So mind. you manifested yeah. that to a degree. I guess. I mean, the next thing he doesn't know this. I would like, but I said that, and it's kind of, it's kind of cringy. You know, when you like say something that like subconsciously is a go, but it's too on the nose to say it out mm. loud, and then yeah. you say it out loud, and you're like, whoop, that came out of my mouth. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna do that again. Uh, yeah. And I kind of said like, so now the full circle thing next time is that I will be a guest on an Irishman abroad wow. in a few years. That'd be great because I love this podcast. Yeah. But you know, he's got it. He's had the most amazing people on. Like I would have, have no right to be on there now. But you know, down the line, like. It's one of them weird things because you definitely Dude, you're King Lear. I, I'm not I'm not King Lear. I'm Edgar in King Lear. <laughs> but he's the next king, so you're kinda of right. Because King Lear dies at the end, it's spoiler. King Lear part two. King. Yeah. And then Edgar is the king. So you're you have every right to I be. I mean on. I didn't look at it like that. Mm-hmm. You are so right. Fuck it, let's do it again. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Number twenty one. Do you have it? Mm, nope. Okay, number twenty one question is what would the title of your autobiography be? Oh that's tough. That's good though. Oh, that is a tough one. Mm. I don't know. It'd probably be something esoteric. It'd probably be something out there that that had some sort of an anchor into my reality. Yeah. Um. Who did I? Who's one did I like? I lo- well, do you know what? I love Russell Brand's my bookie book. That's just really mm. fun. That's good. You have no idea when you look at that you're, that he's going to delve into sex addiction, drug addiction. Yeah. Um, just overall. He's a fascinating dude. Weird I have, behavior. He was actually on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yes, and, uh, I saw it. I have it. The, the one just this week. But he didn't know. He's on it. He came on again this week. Well, good because he didn't flourish the way he normally does on the first one. Yeah. He seemed to be a little bit out of his comfort zone or something. Okay. Did so, not feel find that, and he went to the toilet for ages. I was like, "When's he coming back?" Right. I can't. I can't remember it in in that much detail. I just remember thinking like this. Dude is super smart. Oh god, he's absolutely super smart. But yeah. you know, he, he's just got it. He absorbs information. 
Mm. And people kind of, I think people resent him a little bit because they're like, he's this kind of handsome, kind of like flog, kind of super zen thing, and they're kind of, and he talks about. But you know why? Because there's no, there's no. It's not easy to put a label on him. Yeah. You, we cannot put a label on him. Mm. He's not one thing or another. And the minute he says, you know, the minute people kind of start to label him as, oh, the guy who doesn't want you to vote, he mm. he says, you know, I, I retract that statement. I think, I think um, I was going through something. I feel like we shouldn't have voted for a system that was not working for us and will continue not to work for us if we don't, you know, rise up and sort of ask for better politicians and and talk for, you know, get them to speak for the, <clears throat> you know, there's so much disparity and all this, that, whatever. But um, that's what it is. Like, he, he's one thing and another and then another and another and you just cannot put him in a box. Yeah, that's a good point because there is this thing in the world where people want you to, like, especially... It's a shitty thing, especially for like a politician, mm. because they want you to have an opinion and never to move, which inherently is kind of just like. Unless you're Trump and he said everything that he was going to do and then he just took it back. Right, good point. LGBT rights is now gone. and Yeah, so it's like that fine line between, okay, like, how do you have an opinion and then change it, which can be growth, mm. or else how do you have an opinion and then change it because you need a flip flop because your first opinion was bullshit? You know what I mean? Mm. It's that weird thing of like, yeah, like, I probably thought. Like, you know, when you're younger, you think some things and then you grow up and things happen and you kind of realise, oh, that was like oversimplistic on my yeah, part. Yeah. And then and then other things like... But you we're know, allowed to change our minds too. It's, it is growth. I it think you growth. have to be. You have to. You have to go with the flow. Yeah. Like, it, like I'm sure even if you listen to like this, when I like the first episode of this podcast and now that's like, that's like about uh, nine months ago, yeah. you know, like a baby could have been born in that time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, things, if you haven't... Your baby could have been born in that time. You, you could have been... Please God, you, no. Yeah, <laughs> you could have been anti-kid and then you saw him and... Yeah. All that change. Imagine, fuck, like nine and like nine, nine and a half months for a baby. Is that or nine? Can be under if they're premature, but yeah, yeah. around that time. Yeah. Like that, it's it's kind of like it's kind of mad. I don't know. I don't know. I I can't work out if that's loads of time or not enough time for a baby to be born. It's just so crazy. Uh, what is it for an elephant? I don't know. <laughs> it's I, like lo- I think it's much longer. I think it's like sixteen months. It's actually I'm question number seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, <gasps> you think it's just longer, like sixteen? I think so. Well, yeah. I mean, they're huge. Like, how does like a female elephant get one out of her vagina? Because it's a bigger vagina. I, I mean, that's the correct. You made answer. it sound like you made it sound like it was the human vagina. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, what do they do with the tusks? <laughs> they don't have tusks when they're born. They come. They come after. I think. Um, yeah, they definitely come. So after. tusks are like elephant hair, kind of. I mean, some kids are born with hair though. And teeth. Yeah, teeth. Mm. But at least they're in your mouth. True. Unless you're breastfeeding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That must suck. Quite mm. literally. Quite literally. Yeah, we're getting into it. <laughs> yeah, it was it, yeah, when you said, like, when you said, w- w- I didn't get to ask you that about that. Earlier on, you were like, but we were talking about, I think we were talking about, like, you know, levels of empathy and mm. stuff and, like, emotions. Then you said, but then there's, like, this other level if it, like, comes from a maternal place. Yeah. What did that, like, mean for you? Like, sometimes you just, like, is that with, like, you know, friends and, and, like, do you ever feel like maternal or paternal towards like your parents? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's weird. Like, if, well, if that so- happens when they get older. Yeah, it's yeah, like the full switches, circle. Yeah, 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 that's a scary process. I don't even want to think about it. I know, but I think yeah, something must kick in. I I never knew if I wanted kids for a long time. Mm. <clears throat> Still not a hundred percent sure, but I I know that there is a strengthening of some maternal instincts in me. Mm. You know, whether obviously that's with time, but there are things that I do. You know. Even when you were coming here today, I was like, you, you were rushing, and I was just, yeah. just just be careful of the buses. You did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's, that wasn't me being funny. I was like, just don't run out in front of something yeah. bigger than you, so yeah. they don't get squished. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't know, like when my boyfriend rings me and he's away, 
I'll, I'll say things like, and I don't even realize I'm saying it, but I'll say, are you eating? Are you eating well? Really? Yeah. And I never would have been like that before. Mm. I was always quite boyish, actually, as a, as a kid. Right. Um, I was always sort of, I had friends who were boys. Um, my dad was a real man, like he would trucks and down the back fixing them underneath and he'd come in all oil and everything else and he'd sit down and watch Shop Gear and I'd, you know, I'd try and learn the names of the new cars I was like the Alfa Romeo Spider was a big thing back then and I was uh, like dad did you hear about this I've got a something something point litre engine and, and, and really trying to sort of fit in that way and I've just completely changed now I've definitely there's some weird estrogen attack happening in my body yeah it's yeah I mean it's really interesting because I, I like that I don't I don't know either but like you do have that like feeling of you know everyone says it's like one of the greatest things in the world. Mm. It probably is one of the greatest things in the it world. It has to be. It has to be. When you're I looking actually, at you. <laughs> you're yeah. looking at half of you. I, 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 and I've said this before, and I, and I don't mean it in like a, a disingenuous way, but I honestly, I think on some level, I think a lot of sexism actually like on a really fundamental level probably mm. comes down to, I certainly, I'll speak for myself, certainly feel like the smallest tinge of jealousy that like guys can't do it. Well, that's nice to hear because yeah. a lot of guys that I've talked to have kind of been like no 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 that's all you that's on you you can do that but I can only imagine that you guys are capable of this uh, you guys that women are capable of this other level of love because of it because yeah, I mean you literally like fed and nourished that baby for you know nine months yeah like that's that's crazy. magic. It's actually magic. It's, it's literally magic. The fact that it all comes together and that it just grows the way it does and it comes out like a like a fully formed little human being I can, my drummer just had a, a, a baby okay. <clears throat> little Latina and even he says it he's like I, I didn't realise my capability of for loving till I saw her that's what everyone says I mean you don't get it and, and, and I suppose you can't get it from holding someone else's baby it's just not the same situation mm-hmm. but also babies give off for their, for their dads oh, a scent that only the father can smell mm. for the first couple of months did you know that? Yeah, it's like a pheromone thing. And isn't that like so that you know on an evolutionary standpoint, they don't fuck off? off. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I wish women could like bottle it and spray themselves with it. Is when they when men reach fifty and have a crisis. That's so funny. Bitch, you think you're going somewhere to start spritzing yourself? That's gas. If you could, (laughs) man. If you find out about patent pending this, patent pending. I'm telling you. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. (laughs) But I always think that. Like, I think on some like subconscious level <coughs> dudes were kind of like just like right well like they can do magic mm. let's pay them less or whatever you know what I mean I, I'm sure that's like yeah. way too fucking basic of a thing but I bet you could draw some kind of line because it's a massive thing that like guys and some I think just feel real insecure that like fuck we, we, we literally can't do that oh I don't know that's a tough one I mean you'd have to ask ugh, like a range of men but I'm pretty sure once the initial excitement wears off, mm. I'm sure you'd be perfectly happy just us going through uh, it because like, don't get me wrong, like you know, <laughs> nine you, months of carrying it, yeah, and then the co- like when when you're going through the breastfeeding process and and the pain, like and it's the meant pain, to be so painful, yeah, so like that, well, that and the birth. I mean, come on, let's not skip the birth. That's, that's what I yeah, sorry, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like that, like that, I, I can't imagine like all that. Like of course, like yeah. not gonna like you know be volunteering but like the the other like kind of mind expanding side mm. of it like it yeah it's I think they equated it to be 55 del of pain I think it's 55 right which kind of if it equates to like is it 12 see this is where my discalculator comes in because it could be 200 but mm. it, I think it's either 12 or 22 bones fracturing at once wow so 
That's a yeah. lot of pain. Yeah, you know that thing of the the whole thing in Friends, like, is this the time we should kick in the balls? Like, that yeah. thing of, like, yeah, yeah. guys, yeah, I, I can only imagine that that but is... But did you hear that as well? It's like, you know, um, I think getting kicked in the balls is so much worse because... I've never wanted to get kicked in the balls again after the first time, and, and, <laughs> and you know, it's, but I'm saying that's so wrong. But the woman yeah. basically go back, goes back for you know a second child, a third child. Yeah, man will never do that. That's a good premise. It's like I think I'd box a man if he said that to me when I was pregnant. Completely fair, completely fair. Right. Um, I guess we've got time for one more question. Okay. Okay. You got one number, so it wasn't a whitewash. Some people get nothing, so right. you should feel good about that. Okay, I do. Uh, let's try get your number though. Okay. All right. Come on, 15. Number 12. Oh. You don't have it? No. Ah, shit. Um, (laughs) One fell out there. Yeah, it did. It was 47. I have 47. Whoa. Okay, let's do 12 and 47. Okay. You kind of cheated, but... I didn't. They say that if it comes to you, you should... That's not a saying. No one said that. (laughs) No one said that. Um, All right, number 12. The question is, do you ever wish you were born, this is appropriate, as the opposite gender? Yes, all the time. Really? Absolutely. Why? Um... I... Like curiosity or because like of sexism? No, society. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and that's really not not a good way to be. I I, I feel there's an awful lot of pressure for women and I don't want to be one of these people now that go, oh, it's, it's so hard to be a woman and blah, blah, blah. It is kind of hard to be a woman. Sure. You know, being an actress, you know, you're, you know, you get to the end of your 20s, you start asking stupid questions that you wouldn't be asking if you were an accountancy. Like, yeah. am I... Am I going to be sort of shelved? Mm-hmm. That's that's not something you should be concerned about when you're twenty yeah. something. Yeah, into your thirties, it's just not. It's mm-hmm. not right. And um, constant. This is the thing, right? And I won't shite on about this too much. <clears throat> I I'm I was tempted yesterday to share a video on Facebook, and it was a blogger uh, doing a the title. The title of the video was "Why Kylie Jenner is Ruining the World for Women," and I was. I was going to share it because I got so pissed off when I watched it. I was thinking, this, this is so true. But then I thought, no, because then you're going, then you're going the other side. You're going negative. You're, mm-hmm. you're going body shaming. And I, it's, it's very hard to know what's body shaming and what's you trying to just say, look, I want to I back the idea that we shouldn't be looking up and making icons out of these people who are advertising fit tea and certain moisturizers as to why they have a completely different face bigger lips and ass the Brazilian ass lift mm. that take you know these are all procedures um, so I do I struggle I struggle with I just I didn't want to yeah I didn't want to post that video because I thought look this looks like I'm attacking but I think it's very important that we realize that we cannot look the way certain women look because they've had well number one we're not born like that we're all mm-hmm. born different and number two it's it's procedures they're getting done and so when we look at that then and Instagram is notorious for it you're constantly comparing yourself to to other women and it's vile we shouldn't do it it shouldn't be a thing I don't know how we're going to overcome it I don't know how we're going to stop it we're, eventually we're all going to look the same if, mm-hmm. we, if all of us had money we'd look the same yeah and I just, and I'm not saying that there aren't those pressures for men. I just don't know any men that are pressured as much as that. Sure. Yeah, I, I was I was talking with a friend about it at the weekend. It was really interesting. And I and I, I agree. I, I really do agree. And I mean, I was talking to a friend about like body image. Mm. So it, it's slightly different. But mm. like ballparks, similar thing. And I think we were talking about, um, I do think, 
again, we can only speak generally. I don't have stats about this. I, I, I think it, it's probably appropriate to guess that it's a bigger issue for women. Mm. But I also think there's a lot more awareness about the issue for women. Yeah. And there's a complete lack of awareness about any issue for men. True. And I think that that anonymity <coughs> for men who are within it and they're, and they're a ton, that's where the danger is. So it's this other thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I think that'll probably be the next, part of the next step that we will see. But I mean... I it, mean, I'm all for... Um, sexuality yeah I think that's a wonderful thing we can't we we literally couldn't move forward as as a human race without it mm-hmm. we have to procreate we have to I mean it's a very fun part of being a human being yeah. we get to to um to get to know our bodies we get to feel our bodies and 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 you know I mean it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing to do but but sexualization is a different thing mm-hmm. and everything is sexualized yeah everything I mean Lip gloss now. I mean, it has to be dripping out of your your, you know, filled lips, mm. and and um, you know, there's women going around with corsets. You know, corsets had a well, they had a purpose at one point. I think that was to kind of cinch in. Obviously, it's still the same thing as cinching in your waist, but mm-hmm. it was to keep your petticoats on. It was to, and even then, it looked it was it was seen as a torture device. Yeah. Now people are buying them so that they can look like they've almost had ribs removed. Mm. It's and and that's the whole purpose of that is to make your um, waist more cinched in so that your boobs kind of Push it, boobs your boobs are kind of Barbie doll and your yeah. your your ass is is just you it's like a shelf yeah we we're, I mean it's nuts yeah it's it's absolutely crazy it is kind of crazy and and like a corset our our we are under time pressure yeah. and our <laughs> our time is being pushed in and our the door I needs to be pushed up um, <laughs> come here that was so fun I think I'd ask you number 47 uh, what was it and I'll answer yeah, really quick um, happy or sad tell us about oh this is such a hard one to do real quick tell us about a moment in your life you'll never forget moment in my life you'll never forget moment in my life you'll never forget um, uh, a, f- a person once told me and it's something I'll carry on forever <clears throat> um don't if somebody's offering you something you know that you I don't know whether it be drugs or whether it's you know something that you know you maybe shouldn't be doing or it's going to lead you down a dark dark path mm. um don't look at the thing that they're offering you look at the person that is offering it to you and ask yourself not not do I want to take it but do I want to be that person that's deadly well i mean it's good advice i'm I mean, so glad i asked you that <laughs> What a fucking way to end it. Hey, you knocked it out of the park. This was so fun. Thank you, it was. Thank um, you. Do you. Real quick before we go, um, I saw you in Maze recently, by the way. Yeah. You're deadly, gorgeous Thank stuff. You. Uh, do, do you want to just tell people anything you have coming up, any Twitter, Instagram, anything like that that you want people to get you on, if you do? Um, well, it's just, my name is Elva Trill. It's E-L-V-A-T-R-I-L-L and I'm pretty much that on all social media. Um, Maze is, I think... It's it's still in cinemas now, and I think it I think it's going to be in the UK cinemas come December. Very cool. So we'll see, and that's it really. Yeah, Delhi, Delhi. It was so fun. Thank you so much for playing. So guys, that was Elva Trill playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. And a massive thank you to Elva for taking the time to do it. It was a deadly episode. I really, really mean that. Um, and yeah, we just, one of them ones where the conversation just flows so naturally. I think I've kind of had a breakthrough in my head about how to do the podcast. I think I got a little bit like really wanting to get out of the guest's way or something. I don't know, lately. Um, and I think I just, it's better if we're both chatting a bit more uh, like this one because it's a really really fun episode uh, and I really really like it so I hope you guys enjoy it too if you do let me know if you don't let me know um, oh there's an email hello email it's uh, it's from the bank telling me I have 
no money. Uh, so if you want to donate to no uh, so guys a few quick thank yous um, especially to Taz Keller for putting up with awful jokes like that in the intros the arrows and all the time a massive thank you to you Taz the boss woman uh, for mixing editing and producing the podcast also check out her super successful podcast In the Shower with Taz and Marcus Marcus O'Leary former guest of the show and the wonderful Taz Keller who really is the life behind personality bingo also a massive thank you to Alan Paddy Sean all the Guys, girls, everyone at Headstuff um, for all the work that they do, especially on the social media end of things, and um, for our, our deadly live episode with Jared Regan. If you haven't checked that out, go check that out. That was last week's episode and a really, really popular one for us. Um, give that a share and a like and all that good stuff. It was really, really special. And again, another thank you to everyone who came out to see it. Also, a huge thank you to More Than Machines Music in particular, Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for the wonderful team music that they did for us so kindly. And also a massive thank you to Connor Nolan for the brilliant, brilliant artwork uh, that you will see whenever you click on the podcast so guys other than that thanks so much for listening thank you so much Elva Trill for taking the time to do it and tune back in next week for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Morin This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.